0: Father this music has always had a special place in my heart because for me, as a person, as a composer, as an arranger and as a musician, he is an outsider, by which I mean he is somebody who in music travels the lonely margins of Irish Gaelic existence.
1: Padre lives in the village of Kule in West Cork. The local river, the Sulan, and the stories, traditions and beliefs associated with it are special to him. His composition, Omos Duntulan celebrates the river, the landscape and the belief that water is universal consciousness. Pather Oreda's River of Dreams begins in Bogland, high on a windswept mountain. We're standing in a very wet damp area which is where one of the little streams that start and form, come together and form the salon comes together here. This water rose is done about 50 yards down there together into to form a little stream. And another patch on the other side over the mountain over there. And the uh, same thing is happening in Kumunumil and up Kumuniniagutsan back over that way over there. Up Karingnispidoiga there the other side of the valley, and they come down off, off that side as well, little riverlets or streamlets, and they come together down just underneath the mountain here, in the valley. And that's where the Salon River starts, officially. I always like to think that it starts up here, because it sees it sees everywhere and it passes various important places, like Failein um, Amruch, which is supposed to be where the world was born and it passes through this lots of various kind of important um, parts of the crucible around here, the, the landscape. I often visit my, what you could euphemistically call, my dream time as it were, in the Aboriginal sense. Um, I don't know if I could be classified as somebody that actually creates anything, but to the extent that I do, uh, anything I create is formed by the crucible, which is me. And that derives its sense of being from places like this. And obviously anything that comes out of it, therefore, is shaped by places like these. Particularly recently, this place here.
0: Padra Riyadha is somebody who is motivated by a love of his own area, a love of the countryside. Meeting Pather, he will always talk to you about Owl and the Salan River, that brown, fast-flowing river, the way it winds its way through the hills of Kule and Balavurna. He is somebody who walks the hills and the mountains. He is somebody who cuts turf of a summer's day. He is somebody who perspires and talks with his neighbours and drinks tea in the bog. He is an elemental person, a man of nature. And his music has all that tactile, wonderful, strong, coloured, sweaty feeling of what it is to be in a particular place. And remember, the sense of place is central to the Irish folk music tradition. And Pather is somebody whose prime ability is to inject and infuse a sense of place into every note he touches.
1: I want to do something very simple because I think a lot of music now is overproduced. Um, I had my own mad fling with the whole technology of multi-track recording and digital this and digital that that and everything else. So for for uh, a change, I want to do something that was very stark and minimalistic. I'm going through a minimalistic phase at the moment, I think. So um, it traces the the journey that we've just made today the Salon River from the time it falls as rain or mist in the top of the mountain and magic brings it together to form a little trickle of water. And various trickles of water come together to form a stream, a riverlet, a river, the only male river in Ireland. And follow that down through the land from the mountains and the woods down into Buckroom where it meets the Lee. And from there to the sea where it meets its end and its beginning. Because that's where the water rises through the sky in the form of rain or mist again to travel along the air currents to fall on the mountaintop yet again rather like our own culture uh, no to sack our no start or finish only continuously going all the time As we've come down about four or five hundred feet and we're seeing tarred roads and things like that uh, where human people human beings are kind of regularly passing by underneath the mountain there's a grand smell of furs and so on as it blooms in the sunshine and the birds are becoming more plentiful forestry is becoming more plentiful too near as we can see it close by um the rivers and the streams are getting stronger, and they're rushing a little bit, hurrying towards the level ground. It's a bit like streams of thought, I suppose, in a way, the way that um, words come slowly, and then as they form together into trains of thought, kind of then stream out into the air, into the sunshine, the same way as the water seeps from the mountainside into little rivulets and streams, and then come together stronger and stronger, going faster and louder uh, as they hit for their own death, I suppose to see. There was an instrument that was reputedly the most frequently played and common instrument in Irish, in Irish society in the medieval up to the medieval ages. It was called the tympan and there are descriptions of it in a lot of the books. But there is no drawing, etching, or carving of it in any stone. It was so common that it was not thought necessary. The more uncommon instruments, like the harp, etc., were actually drawn. So the tympan was a drawn instrument, very soft. And the only instrument that I ever came across that matched the description wow. was an instrument called the tambura from India, which is used to accompany the Zitar. Um, and again, the, I suppose one could claim facetiously there's a slight connection between the Aryan Celts of northern India, the Indian plains who eventually came, especially in Ireland, as the Hallstatt or Latin Celts. Um, so that is the drone instrument that we use. And then the fiddle, as we call it, which is a very old Irish instrument known in Ireland long before it was known in Europe as the violin um, has the ability of not being in fixed pitch in other words you don't, you're do not you not ruled by the rules and regulations of tones and semitones the 12 tone system of modern society a new invention since the 12th century where uh, you, have the, you have the ability to have microtones so uh, we, we use their more natural instruments and then of course the sounds of nature. When I come to put bits of music together, I don't really put them together. I don't do it. It's not me. It's nothing to do with me, really, except that I happen to be by accident in the place, the actual window that it comes out of. And lots of the time various little hints that it start you off in a piece of music once you get started it kind of runs itself but the hints that you would get will come from something that would happen or that you'd think of or that you'd be reminded by something in this kind of area here the low the, the flat land of one of the upper valleys at this stage and the trickles and sun and streams will become a fairly strong stream or small little river if you like um, it will shortly meet up with another little river small river and when the two of them come together it will be the Salan River this part of the land here was a very wide level field along the banks of the river and it was reputed to be the playing field, of the she, or the good people. And uh, that house up there, um, and the man in the house, he died a couple of some years ago. He apparently was out playing with him for three nights on the trot. Um, if they were shot, a member of the team, they would take somebody from nearby. And... At night they used to come and take him away. He was bedridden at the time. And every morning when he woke up he'd be black and blue from all the belts of the hurlis and so on. So, I mean, his family are young and it's not something that happened in mythology a long time ago. It's believed to have happened kind of recently. Um, mind you, I don't know if they'd be very pleased with the fact that obviously time marches on and farming progresses, I suppose. Um this field here was reclaimed and reseeded and whatever so I'm not so sure if they're still playing there or not Um, the river has been straightened out a little bit here too in other words it was dredged and straightened out but time has a wonderful way of bringing things back to its own way again in spite of what you do I notice a lot of the wildflowers are beginning to grow in the meadow here again standing on a bridge I suppose I would always think it as the first bridge over the Salon now there's a fierce argument about where the Salon officially actually begins and various poets fought with each other about that um, but as you can see it's a pretty re- decent sized river here there's two small little rivers coming together just above us there and it's got some decent sized pools in it it rambles way down from here into Kule, then about a mile and a half away, uh, collecting various other little streams as it goes down. Um Vadra, this Sudan, is Karikinedi. The Darius in the Korean Gran. A Huygak and Kasachi Volachnare, Murrahinsra Keldiv, Gubunachnokan, and only Lunaji Barsana Dartli from the end of Nurhagad Lichelish in the Owen Talan. Twas early in a bright summer's morning that I strayed by the banks of Salon to gaze in the beauties of nature that graced every woodland and barn. My prospects were surely enchanting, which gay lasses in juvenile bloom, promenading by the banks of that river that flows near the town of Macrood. Oh, evening the by the banks of Salon. And gaze and the beauties of nature That embellish the woods and the lawns The was surely enchanting With gay
2: lasses in juvenile bloom Camillating by the banks of
1: that river Ah, it flows through the heaven of the groom. first piece of music my father ever set to music was that piece of music called uh, he's called the banks of salon which he used to hear his mother singing around the house when he was a young lad growing up And uh, it's a very effective piece of music it describes the river as it goes from here down into the, the sea really and passes by Corrigidraud's dam and into the city and so on it's very rich and, very unusual orchestration for the time it was done in, which would been would have been the end of the fifties. 1957, 58, Even earlier. So it was strange how in the end we came to actually live on the banks of Ceylon then. When he finished his wanderings. Came home. When one dreams, ordinarily, as everyone does, though a lot of people don't remember it or realize it, you're actually going through um, a rearranging process, a refiling process in your mind, as if, for example with computers, when you worked all day with a computer, you need to uh, clean various files out and erase stuff on the disk and restore them. And the same thing happens in your brain, but files hit each other as they get resorted out. However, there are those that believe that other forms of dream can rise from the subconscious as well, which could be ways of your subconscious or um, psyche telling you various things about yourself, uh, warning you about some situation that you're heading towards, or um, preempting something or trying to get you to take notice of something as if you had an illness maybe or something that wasn't happy in your life. And then some more people would believe that there are another form of dream time which relates to a, a reality that is not based on the three-dimensional reality that we actually communicate in, in what we know as this world. So I personally believe that such other realities do exist. Um, the aboriginals refer to it as dream time. And I remember, uh, for example, one thing that happened to me was I was writing a music for a play once about um, Aoife, who was a woman who was with uh, Oshin and fell in love with his father, Phil Mkool. And there was hell to pay, and there was a lot of rumpus over that. And the same thing happened again with Grania and Deermud. Now, when I was working on this thing, I was trying to imagine what kind of people they were. And it was the middle of a summer's afternoon. I was at a table inside in a room, trying to write this bloody music down. And I looked up, and there, standing on the other side of the table, I saw what I thought to be Oscar, Osheen's son it was very very clear I could see I mean it was just as if there was anyone standing in front of me and a very strange experience obviously one would tend to say that that was a form of dream or whatever even though one wasn't asleep for it and if you take that a step further and say that all the things that are in our culture whether genetically in our bloodstream or in acquired knowledge that we picked up from our surroundings as we uh, grow up and grow old in life, in our culture. These are the parameters uh, that set our creativity and within which our creativity works. And these are the realms of our dream time if we can access them. Obviously, it would be handy to believe that they existed if you want to access them. Um, It's a big problem for a culture that doesn't believe in them. However, that's not my problem. For example, this river is, is a very important force within the culture of this area. It's supposedly the only male river in Ireland, and it is supposed to drown somebody once every seven years. And it's a thing that a lot of people here are very wary of and cautious about. Um, for example, two years ago, there was um, people were convinced that a child was lost on the bank of the river. And people were searching at night, looking for this child, which they could hear crying at night. Nobody was drowned at the time, but people were very cautious about it. Um, There have been regular tragedies in the river from here to Makroon and so on. The other thing is that an awful lot of music and songs have been written about the river. And it is a kind of a counterbalance, if you like, to the whole culture that surrounds Naivgobnut, which is the female culture in this area and also an extremely important force if not well a hell of a lot stronger than the culture related to the river if you like so they would be very much parts of my dream time the river has gone very quiet because it's actually a lake and I think this is probably the first place it really masters this is actually the little Valley of Kule itself which is a valley up in the mountains and surrounded by mountains on all sides the lake is shimmering in the hot sunlight as we lie on the grass which if the microphones could smell you could smell because it has the, the aroma of many flowers and things like that growing along the side of it, bank of it here. There's a lot of lilies in front of us and a shimmering, dancing light on the water. There was a time when there used to be salmon in the river but not anymore because of the ESB's dam. There's a road across the way there where traffic goes backwards and forwards from Kerry to Cork, over to Kilmer and so on. And the kids are the Pashti are over in school getting ready to come out and be free for the rest of the evening. It's kind of daft, really, to have kids locked up in fine weather. They we should spend all their time inside when it's bad weather, and We be shut free. That big inch across there, then, was where we used to play football when I, mean, I was a kid going to school. Not that I was anyone playing football. And it's full of butterflies and frogs and all kinds of things. There's a lot of trees growing around here, but growing naturally. And there's a wood behind Gulea there, a small natural wood, for which there was various poems written as well. The lake here is called Lochy Vogueag, and we were always warned as children not to go near it because it was very treacherous, there were undercurrents in it. And apparently one story as a child we always used to believe is that if you fell into it, you might come out in Australia. And uh, this was probably the part that we most remembered when we kept hearing... The story about the salon mission on Salon, Father Firin, Mission I'm the long maid salon river knows the time and where is the person. And upon saying that the river would rise up and drown the victim every seven years. So um, it's a, it's, it has a lot of mystique attached to it. But a lot of pleasurable memories also. Suppose one could say that this is where the river reaches adulthood.
0: Mother that has a wonderful piece of music which she calls Sport. And the centrepiece of this is the voice of a child. The voice of a young boy from Aid, a neighbour's child. Not a great singer, but the voice and the words and the music bring one back to that wonder of youth, that innocence of youth.
1: was forget that we have a very short number of years to live and if you belong to a culture um, you will you will know that culture much better if you know who you are as a, as a kind of a musician um, I don't ever have to think about who the hell I am or where do I come from or who are my people or what is the land that I belong to or what is the trees or the woods or the mountains or whatever I belong to, because it's been uh, something that has been constant in my life and I have never had any cause to look for or search for these places, ideas, philosophies. They were always there. So that in a way gives me great freedom. It's it's like um, the idea that if you really believed you could fly and you jumped off a cliff face that you could actually do it. But... uh, It's the kind of thing that happens when when you write music, or try to create music. You kind of take a flying leap off the cliff edge, the back cliff of the mind, and you believe that it's going to come. And it's a very strange experience if you're, for example, sitting at a keyboard and uh, you sit down and you more or less put on the switch as it were, and say, play. And you see these two hands about two miles away from your face down there at the keyboard playing away this melody you've never heard in your life before and you sometimes wonder where the hell it comes from and obviously what's really happening is you are just uh, a window for your culture to express itself through you are a temporary voice for your tribe and uh, in my instance I would like to think that that is the tribe of the Gaelic nation Um, I don't know how faithful or true I would be to its traditions but uh, I do realise that I am very lucky in that I have at least those traditions behind me whereas the vast majority of people living in modern society do not and they are busily stamping out all those tribes and cultures that do have any individualism left in them, as in say the African continent or the East or South America's um, and if you think about Irish music, uh, if if Irish music can never be, never be trapped, it's a live music. And if you go to a session where a musician is playing, you don't know what he's going to play or what she's going to play. You have no great expectations. You're going to hear them play, perform, create. So it's a contradiction in terms. The culture of the individual compared to the culture of the masses. So I don't know if I'll ever make that change over. If I do, it'll be more by chance than fair shooting.